So I took my pre-workout this morning and I was ready to get in the zone to train, jumped in the shower quickly and decided that it is necessary to get this podcast out to you guys sooner rather than later. And uh, at some point in the next 15 to 20 minutes or however long this goes for, the caffeine is probably going to kick in and I'm going to be super keen to go and train. Uh, But either way, we're going to get right into it today. And what I wanted to discuss and talk about is online coaching. So online coaching is super, super popular these days. And to give you a bit of background, I've been doing face-to-face personal training for close to nine years now. And early on, probably within the first two years into it, so seven years ago now, six to seven years ago now, I had people requesting online coaching to me. Um, We didn't call it that back then. We just called it like long distance personal training or whatever it was and it was something that was very foreign but at the same time it made sense because I was writing nutrition plans for people already I was writing training plans for people already and they would keep me updated here and there and you know ensure that progress was occurring Uh, but we never really had a system where check-ins were done weekly and you know an online based community and things like that So when I did get into the online coaching space back then, it was very basic. And at the same time, I didn't really value it that much. So like I would literally charge my clients $25 per week uh, for online based coaching because it didn't really take me that much time to do it at that point in time, because obviously the service that I was providing was nothing like I provide now. And over the years, we have definitely seen an increase in online coaches, um, online coaching requests, and obviously costs around online coaching because it has become, you know, a mainstream um, and foundation service, I guess you could say, comparable to a one-on-one personal training session or, you know, having a face-to-face coach. So online coaching has grown tremendously over the years. And with that, just like the personal training industry, there has come along a lot of online coaches um, who are not really up to scratch when it comes to evidence-based practice, knowing how to communicate with people, having the right uh, intentions, and obviously delivering a service that is worth what they're trying to charge. Now, for a very long time, actually, I was, I would say, undercharging for my service in regards to online coaching in comparison to other people or other coaches who would charge a lot more and offer less. And an issue around that is really when you don't charge as much as others, people would assume that your service is less. So if you're paying, you know, $80 or $100 a week for online coaching and you're getting a pretty poor service and you see someone else is offering, you know, something similar or online coaching in general for let's say $60 or $70 per week, you're going to assume that their service is even less or worse than what you're currently getting because it's cheaper. And that's not always the case. Generally, it's not the case at all. But, you know, in general, you could also say that something that costs more is typically going to be better. And therefore, if you are a great online coach and you are undercharging or there are others who are a lot um, more expensive than you and offering a poor service, then either you're, you deserve to get paid more um, or you need to, I guess, um, let people realize what you're offering and kind of get yourself out there more. 
um, and just really drown out the people who are overcharging and under delivering. So yeah, anyways, let's get on to this. Um, basically, I wrote a Facebook post and, and an Instagram post on some key things which really make online coaches uh, stand out in a bad way and practices that are quite common actually, which I don't agree with. And I'm just going to run through them and kind of give you a bit more of an idea on my reasoning behind each point that I mentioned. And as always, I don't want this to be a long podcast. And like I said, I did have my pre-workout and I do want to go train soon. So I might not get through all of them, but I do want to get through some of the main topics and at the same time, you know, have this message spread out to the podcast world, not just uh, Instagram and Facebook. So one of the first things that I've noticed is coaches who provide macronutrient targets without any guidance at all on food source selection, uh, level of quality of foods, how close to be within those macronutrient targets, like how many calories there are in a protein, carbohydrate, and fat, and also like no educational content at all around tracking accurately, consistently, learning how to use tracking applications like MyFitnessPal, and in addition to that, not providing a meal plan as a starting base. Now, there are a lot of online coaches out there who preach, I don't want to give you a meal plan. I just want you to, here's your macros. I want you to do this. I want you to learn so you'll know forever um, rather than giving you a plan and adjusting your plan. And all you're learning is how to follow a plan rather than learning more about uh, nutrition in general, uh, the nutrient content of foods and how to track things long term and you know have empowerment around that and education around nutrition. So whilst they do mean well, and I do agree with that end goal, it is important to give people some guidance around this and it is important to give people you know, a starting meal plan um, or a suggested meal plan using the foods that they like at the macronutrient targets that are desired. That way they've got structure straight away, they can get straight into it, they can have a healthy perspective around flexible dieting and they're going to track accurately as they start to progress into flexible dieting. You could absolutely not give someone macronutrient numbers and a tracking app and say, go and hit these numbers. That's all you have to care about without any uh, baseline foundational education or information around nutrition, around foods which contain higher amounts of vitamins and minerals, around fiber targets, and also breaking down you know things further. Like There is so much inaccurate data on MyFitnessPal. I still have clients myself who I give them a meal plan, they go into a flexible dieting phase, I look at their MyFitnessPal where they've tracked their foods, and they're tracking foods incorrectly. They're choosing like one medium banana instead of measuring it in grams, they're choosing um, sweet potato where the macronutrients are different compared to the Australian standards, uh, they're choosing whole homemade pasta as a food selection rather than measuring out the actual pasta and the meat and the sauce, etc. So, you know, it's very easy for people to do this inaccurately, even when they have a meal plan to go off of and they've got a coach and they've got all this education and information around them. It's still easy for people to do things wrong. I recall quite a few years ago now, I had a client switch over to flexible dieting. She was in a contest prep phase, getting towards the end of the prep. Things were definitely slowing down in regards to progression of fat loss as expected, but they weren't moving the way I expected them to. And I was a bit concerned because the clock was ticking, we were running out of time, and the visual progression wasn't there that I expected. 
I had a look at her MyFitnessPal, and she was tracking salmon with the incorrect nutrient data, and basically her salmon that she had selected, uh, from memory, I think it said it had about, I don't know, maybe five grams of fat per 100 grams um, of salmon, and she was having salmon quite a few times in the day, assuming she was hitting her macronutrient targets when really she was consuming a lot more fat because salmon does contain more than five grams of fat per 100 grams. Um, and as a result, consuming more calories than planned. So what we did was move her to a meal plan and straight away we saw progress. We saw fat loss, weight loss, and she came in looking amazing. And obviously, obviously she learned from that. So it is very important to have, you know, a starting meal plan. Coaches say it's lazy for a client to want a meal plan and um, rather than learn how to track their macros. And in my opinion, it's lazy for a coach not to give somebody a meal plan and then teach them how to track their macros and swap foods out. That would be the most appropriate route. Um, so providing macronutrient targets and nothing else around that is really a poor service. The next thing is into training. So when it comes to training programming, many years ago now when I started my online coaching service, you know, seven to eight years ago now, I would provide training programming in a Word document and I would save it as a PDF and I would send it over. And it was simple to me. It made sense, everything was there, and my clients would just write down what they lifted in their like training notes on their sorry, in their notes on their phone or on paper or whatever they chose. That honestly is a poor service. Whilst it is simple and training is simple, like I could follow a Word document based training program and get fantastic results from that. Um, structure is important. Having everything clearly outlined is important. Being able to write down what you lift and track your volume progression over time is important. And how this might sound a bit crazy, right? But how a training program is presented and how it looks will actually shift somebody's mindset in regards to the level of value that program has and also the level of effort they put into it. And I actually went to a seminar recently which actually touched on this, like training programs should be good or nice to look at. They should be pretty to look at. They should have all the information necessary laid out in a spreadsheet. If it's PDF format, totally fine. But, you know, a spreadsheet format saved as a PDF or a live, a live spreadsheet where people can track their information in there or using an app as well. Uh, there are a lot of good apps out there. Either way, having good structured training programming uh, that makes sense and is progressively overloading and includes deloads and is week to week programming, not kind of like, here's the program, um, follow the same program forever. You need to have things structured and set out in a way uh, with good detail. So, you know, coaches who provide word based documents, which are very simple or generic and everyone gets the same training plan, that is not ideal. We should be using spreadsheets or we should be using apps these days to help our clients to track their volume, use the right uh, loads as well, consider RPE, rest periods, have notes for each exercise, and keeping everything as clear as possible. So that's also another thing that I see a lot with online coaches, just not ha really having the structure that they need around training programming and not really understanding effective training programming as well, and also not making it individual to each client. I've got many clients competing in the same competition with similar goals, however, some uh, very different physiques, and they all have different training programs to suit their physique and the end goal and the vision that we have of their physique 
at the end of that phase when they get on stage looking their best. So training needs to be individualized and it needs to be progressive. And, you know, all the basics needs to need to be provided. The next thing is recommending supplements um, and more supplements than anybody actually needs. You know, it's very easy as a coach to be like, here's a list of supplements that work. Um, and here's, you know, a list of supplements that uh, could work. And here's a list of supplements that I don't recommend at all. And that gives people immediate structure or sorry, that gives people immediate uh, base knowledge of where they should focus around supplementation, uh, what they should definitely not waste their money on and what they might want to consider using. A bad approach is to say, I'm sponsored by this supplement company, so you should use all of their products or this supplement could work, so you should buy it. Um, and also, in addition to that, there are a lot of supplements out there which really have no benefit at all. And if coaches did their research, they would realize that. However, because they are marketed towards a certain outcome, it's just assumed that they work and they get their clients to, to use it. So oftentimes I do get coaching inquiries and the person will say to me, I'm interested, etc. But hey, am I going to have to buy you know, a ton of supplements because my last coach said I needed this, 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 and this. And, you know, common, it's quite, it's quite common that people will say to me, hey, what supplements are most important and, or what supplements should I buy or consider buying? And I'll say, you know, do you take fish oil? Do you take vitamin D3? Do you take magnesium or multivitamin or, or zinc or anything like that? Um, individual dependent to a degree, but you know, I'll name these things and they're like, but what brand is that? But, you know, what pre-workout should I use? And people are always looking for these bodybuilding or fat loss or trendy supplements that they see at supplement stores or at gyms, assuming they are the best things for them when really it comes down to what are you deficient in? Let's replace that. And obviously I've already done a podcast on supplements. So you guys already know my stance around that, but coaches who recommend too many supplements and really have no education or you know data to back that up, it's a huge red flag in my opinion. The next thing is taking multiple days to get back to scheduled client check-ins or not even having a schedule to go off of in the first place. So if you are working with you know 30 people, 40 people, 50 people or more, it is important or imperative that you actually have designated check-in days for each person so you can ensure that they are making progress you are adding to their training programming week to week if you you know build their training program as things progress which you should based on their recovery and their performance and their feedback um, and also adjust their nutrition as you know and their cardio etc as they go so it's important to have set check-in days there is absolutely no way that you could just text people on a daily basis, hey, what's your weight? Hey, how are you going? Um, and just have that day-to-day -day communication without real structure, a proper check-in form, uh, asking the right questions, getting photos, getting measurements, and tracking data in your own coaching spreadsheet where you can see the trends of how people are progressing, uh, what their waist measurements are, what calories they're on, what their current phase of dieting is, what their cardio is, all that kind of stuff. It's super important from a coaching perspective to have that data for you to review. So then when a client comes back to you, you know, after three months, six months or 12 months, and they want to do another contest prep or a fat loss phase or whatever, you can go back and say, okay, well, your goal is this weight again. 
and last time you were at this many calories and we were doing this much cardio and you have a baseline of where you were before and it gives you feedback and data I guess on uh, you know how you can get back there because you've got this history so a lot of coaches are on their phone just texting sending text message based check-ins or whatsapp or whatever it might be and it's cool to communicate um, in addition to check-in forms etc if you have the time for that but outside of that like there needs to be a set check-in form there needs to be a set uh, formal communication via email ideally because that way you've got a paper trail of uh, information uh, people aren't just texting you randomly based on their emotions and then missing out important details. They're answering everything that you need to know as a coach to ensure that they are progressing over time. And then you're going to make adjustments to their training, their cardio, their supplements if necessary, uh, their nutrition, and of course behavior coaching at the same time to get people to be compliant, consistent, accurate, and get to the goal that they want to. Uh, stress management is another thing that we should be discussing as well as coaches with our clients and really keeping them mentally focused, which is super important. So taking multiple days to reply to people and not having check-in days is really not a really not really a good practice um, in regards to being professional, in regards to keeping clients motivated, and in regards to offering a service that people are paying for. Another one is providing one single ongoing training plan to be followed forever and just adjusting nutrition and cardio um, as things go on or as the weeks go on. So if somebody gave you a training program, which was, you know, maybe let's just say five days a week, right? And they said, hit these same exercises on these same days for these same sets and reps and just go as heavy as you can in those rep ranges or at that rep target uh, for as long as possible. There's going to be a time where you get very sick of doing that same movement pattern on the same exercises. Um, that's like a huge issue. Uh, there's going to be a time where you stop progressing and you're kind of just lifting the same weight every week. Uh, fatigue builds up and your performance actually suffers greatly. So it's important to have training that is progressive. Um, either it's a four-week block, either it's week-to-week -week training, or you as a coach have you know a bigger vision of you know phases for the next 12 weeks of coaching and you provide it to your client on a weekly basis or on a you know monthly basis for them to track and progress and improve so having progressive overload is important having deloads if necessary are important when clients check in and they're sick you want to give them less or equal volume to last week that's important you can't just say here's a program just do this forever and i'm just going to adjust your your energy balance through cardio and nutrition to ensure that you get fat loss or muscle gain or whatever the goal is and just do the weight training to help to hold on to your muscle or help to build muscle in general. Really, really bad approach and very common, especially for those who don't have the time or make the effort to provide a quality service and rather just want to have 100 clients or more and find a way to make it work for them. Now, looking at my clock right now as I record this, we are coming up to like 20 minutes uh, very soon and I'm not even close to halfway I guess of all my points on this so I guess I might make this podcast a little bit longer but at the same time I do want to go train but I'm just going to get through a little a few more um, not even going to edit this podcast this one's going to be raw just talking as I am save it upload it and then go train um, <clears throat> but another thing to think about is or another issue around online coaching is pulling back calories and increasing cardio weekly without purpose even if progress is on track 
that's a very generic approach. So you've got a client, they're doing quite well. Uh, the training is good. Their waist measurements coming down, body, the scales shifting as well. They're looking visually better, but because you're, because they're paying for your service, for some reason, you feel like you have to make an adjustment every single week because they're paying you on a weekly basis or whatever it might be. That is a poor service. That is actually the wrong thing to do. And your client's going to end up on very low calories or very high cardio without any purpose at all. If you can maintain calories as high as possible, keep cardio as low as possible and see a good rate of progress over time, your client's going to be happier. They're going to be in a better place and you're going to provide a service that you're actually expected to provide, which is get them to the outcome rather than making unnecessary changes over time for the sake of feeling like you're doing something. And to add to that, um, responding to client check-ins with like, great, keep going, that's it. Or change your macros to this much or change your cardio to this much, speak to you next week is really poor service. And I've had online coaches myself in the past and they've done this to me as well, where I've completed their check-in form or I've actually created my own check-in form because I want them to know everything they need to know. And they'll reply with, great work, keep going. Or nice bud, things are moving well. And that's it. And to be honest, there are some online coaches who are highly regarded as uh, quite knowledgeable around nutrition and training and exercise science and nutritional science, etc. And if they do this bad practice, other coaches assume that's normal. So if I hire someone who's, you know, very knowledgeable, highly regarded, and I pay them a lot of money, and their communication with me is poor, I might assume that's the industry standard, and I might do that with my clients as well. Um, and everybody might assume that to be normal. However, that is absolutely not normal. That is not ideal, and you need to actually build a relationship with your clients as coaches and you know, you need to support them in the right way and actually give them detailed feedback around their training, around their nutrition, around their mindset, around why you're adjusting the training to, to be whatever it might be, around what to expect in regards to maybe hunger or improve your sleep or hydration or whatever it might be. There needs to be, you know, proper communication over time to build a relationship, to have your clients buy in, respect you, trust you, and, you know, stick to your methods when times get tough and they're in, you know, a really tough contest prep phase, they're going to be more consistently um, adherent and trusting of you because you actually care. And, you know, they're not just another number. They're actually someone that you're building a relationship with and you're providing a proper service. So if someone's paying me $100 a week, and by the way, I do not charge that much, but if someone was paying me $100 a week and, you know, I gave them their training plan and their diet or whatever, I'm one of these not so great coaches, and I just say, good work, keep going, send. I don't think that client is going to feel like they're getting the most value um, for what I'm providing. Whether they get results or not is irrelevant. Providing a quality service is key if you're looking to have clients stay with you in the long term, build a relationship with you, and then also um, have referrals through them as well because you offer a quality service. And the last thing I wanna talk about, I guess, because the clock is ticking now, is not having empathy or the ability to effectively communicate via text or audio or video or whatever you do. And it's essential to explain things clearly. So if I felt like somebody, I actually had this conversation with someone on the phone this morning where I said that as a coach, some people respond well to criticism. Others respond 
Others need to be nurtured a little bit more, they're a little bit more sensitive, and you have to find other ways to explain, hey, we need to work harder, hey, you know, progress isn't where it needs to be, or whatever the case may be. And in some cases, I can comfortably say, you need to work harder, things are not going the way we need them to, um, pull your head in, or whatever I might say, you know, get back on track, this is not good enough. And others, I might have to be a little bit more empathetic, um, ask them the right questions, get them, get the right answers, and try to get them in a position where they believe that they can do, or they realize they can do better, they want to do better to, uh, you know, make me happy, to make themselves happy, and think about their end goal. I can't say, hey, you know, you're a pussy, you need to work harder, or hey, you're fat, this is unacceptable, or whatever the case might be. Like, some people need to be, or most people actually, need to be treated, everybody needs to be treated with, with respect, uh, but also being able to communicate with people with empathy, um, and, you know, I guess considering their feelings is important. When you build rapport with someone, you can understand what drives them, how to communicate with them, and, you know, what you can and can't say or how you should approach certain situations to ensure that you get the best out of them. Um, some people do respond well to, you know, things that are like being critical, basically, and things that might hurt someone else's feelings. But in general, in most cases, we need to have empathy, we need to, you know, kind of nurture people and help them to grow and develop and look for positive things, rather than saying, hey, you're fat, do keto for the next 10 weeks, bye. You know, like that communication is horrible. Anyways, I feel like that's enough. Uh, there might have been one or two more that I was going to uh, discuss. And actually, when I wrote these things out as a Facebook post or Instagram post or whatever, I ran out of space, so I couldn't add anything more to it. There are a ton more things that I could discuss. And, you know, since writing that post, I've had quite a few people contact me um, and say, hey, like, you know, I've experienced that before. That's exactly what I've had to deal with. Uh, I can't believe I wasted my money with that coach doing this and that. Um, and whatever it might be. And I guess this is really just to shine some light on expectations that you should have as a potential client or a client of an online coach. And also a message for the online coaches out there to step their game up and start to provide a service that is actually, you know, worth what people are paying. And, um, you know, have a little bit more respect for themselves as a business long term because if you are doing online coaching as a business it's not something you're doing for 10 minutes or 10 days or 10 months you're doing it you know as a long-term career and there is a lot of room for for that because there are a lot of people that need help and not everybody can afford the services of coaches who i regard as the best not everybody can afford my services and they do sometimes need uh, something that's more a bit more affordable and there are coaches out there to provide that but at the same time they do have to provide a service that is actually worthwhile to start with um, and you know that's pretty much it I guess so I'm not going to let this run through to 30 minutes so I'm going to be out of here if you have any questions this is a podcast so you know there's no comment section however you can email me at denver at denverstain.com or go to my website, www.denverstain.com. Hit me up on Instagram at Denver underscore Stain. If you have any like feedback or whatever, we'd love to hear it. If you have gone through the unfortunate uh, experience of a poor online coach, 
best to do your homework in future if you want to know who I regard as a good online coach uh, besides myself. If you don't like me and you want to work with someone else, then of course I can direct you in the right place as well because uh, I do know quite a few. All right, guys, have a great week and I will speak to you guys next time.